found chop the original guillotine league podcast everything you need to know to avoid the chopping block chop is brought to you by guillotineleagues.com now your hosts paul chargian and brian johnson welcome to chop the guillotine league podcast i'm paul chargian flying solo today usually i've i've got brian johnson my co-host here but you know today i just wanted to uh answer some of your questions on twitter i asked you hey you got all these guillotine leagues starting and drafting. Some of you are in the middle of drafts. Some of you are thinking about drafting. What do you want to know? Just how can I help you? What What are the questions you've got? And so I want to go through some of your questions and then also briefly just talk about some of the, the big news from around the league and how it reflects on guillotine leagues in particular. Before all of that, let's just talk very briefly about Super Chop. That's our high-stakes guillotine leagues for people who are ready to step up to a bigger stage, if you will. Um, it's, we've got one Super Chop left. It is the $100 version. This is the last one left. It's got $11,600 in prizes. $11,600 in prizes and $6,000 to the champion. And here's how it works. You have 12 leagues each with 12 teams instead of the usual 18 teams and to get to the playoffs you need to win your league but with only 12 teams instead of 18 it's quite a bit easier for you to win your league and when you do win your league you triple your money and you advance to the playoffs for your shot at really big money it's called super chop it's uh, it's super fun it's a nice variation and if you're already in Maybe a regular guillotine league, either with friends or you're in one of our, our public contests, whatever. Um, this is a fun way to dabble into something with uh, a, maybe a, a little more upside than your traditional league. And you're going to want to be in two guillotine leagues anyway, because getting cut in one without having another one is heartbreaking. Super job at guillotineleagues.com. Sony Michelle was traded to the Rams, as you already know. And let's just talk about this from a purely guillotine league standpoint. On the Rams side, you know, Daryl Henderson becomes a, so, uh, yeah, becomes a little bit less safe than he otherwise was because he will lose some, some carries here to Sony Michelle or Sony Walkman, as I like to call him, as many of you know. I don't believe he's a special talent at all. I think he's a mundane talent. Um, I know he gets hurt a lot. He doesn't catch many passes. I still believe Daryl Henderson will be the lead back. In fact, Sean McVay on Thursday said as much, and that is going to be a fact. Um, That's still, Henderson's not sitting on a 300-carry season. He's probably going to be like a 250, sorry, 150, 175-carry guy. It won't be, it will, I think he'll be 12 carries a game, 15 carries a game. And Sonny Michel will mix in. He'll, he'll get carries. Um, but I don't think he's going to take goal line work necessarily. And I just don't think he's going to, I think he's more like a six to eight touch guy. So it does hurt Henderson some. Those of you already drafted Henderson, I don't think you have to panic yet. And Sony Walkman becomes quasi viable in our format. I, you know, I don't love him, but you could, you know, you can get by with him if you need to. Ramondre Stevenson gets a little bit interesting in New England as a potential sleeper, but Damian Harris, to me, becomes uh, even more safe than he already was. Now, he doesn't catch a lot of passes, so he doesn't provide PPR safety, but Harris is going to get the vast majority of the work. In the preseason, he got virtually all the first and second down work with the first team and even stayed in on a few third downs, although not a lot. He w- He's not going to help from a PPR standpoint, and backs who don't catch passes have volatility to them because 
they are still they can still have a 15 carry 40 yard game and you just got four points and they didn't catch any whereas your your backs that are more of a dual threat can offset that game with four receptions for 20 yards and you know the next thing you know they've got a 10 point game and it's not quite the disaster so there's still some danger with Harris that way from a guillotine standpoint but I like him more with Sony Michelle gone All right, briefly on Teddy Bridgewater, this is bad news for fantasy players. Bridgewater's been good for one touchdown pass per game, which is ridiculously bad in today's NFL. And it it unfortunately affects the whole rest of the offense. He's the quarterback, after all. Jerry Judy goes down a little bit in my mind. Uh, I was already worried about Cortland Sutton coming back from his ACL and taking so long to get back into games and full practices. He's a, cons- a bigger concern now. And defenses, because Teddy's arm is so is so feeble, defenses play closer to the line of scrimmage, and that's going to affect Javante Williams to some degree, Melvin Gordon to some degree as well. Everybody moves down just a little bit in that Denver offense, um, which is not to say that Drew Locke was like awesome or anything, uh, but he would have been the, the preferred player here by a fair margin. Okay. Let's uh, let's turn our attention to some of the things you asked about in uh, in Twitter, and uh, I'll address them for you. First is Twitter handle Prudo the Dog, who asks, "What are your thoughts on drafting boomer bust players versus high floor guys? How do you feel about a guy like Tyler Lockett at his ADP and guillotine, or somebody like Robert Woods?" Well. We talk about this a lot, and really, you you don't you want to avoid boomer bust players, for sure. Those are the guys. If you've got three boomer bust players on your roster and in their starting lineup, and they all bust in the same week, you're getting chopped. You want high floor guys, and that is your overarching sentiment throughout the entire draft. Robert Woods is a better example of a high floor guy than Tyler Lockett, who's probably the extreme example of a boomer bust player. So we always prefer, always prefer to have high floor guys. Can you have a couple, one, maybe two boomer bust guys? Sure. And at the right average, at the right draft position, you know, any of those guys are potentially takeable if, if they slip far enough. But boy, be careful here. Boomer bust players can end your season. Next, Todd and Andrix asks, what are the pros and if you're in a super chop league, what are the pros and cons of a week 13 or 14 by players? Well, again, for super chop leagues, because you're playing in a 12 team league, that means that it's going to wrap up the initial stage before the playoffs wraps up in, in week 11. So you really want to target players that have week 12, 13, 14 buys because you'll never you'll never have a bye week with those guys. So this is a very insightful question by Todd and you really do. You can you can really not just break ties, but like move up a whole round. A player you like that has a week 12, 13, or 14 buy in a super chop because you'll never start, you'll never have a bye week issue with those guys. Next. At Trent Fields asks, with the draft being 18 teams and every team doesn't really look like a juggernaut, which is true, do you try to spend your fab right away and build early or hope that your team is good enough to beat whoever is in the back half. Um, really, uh, this we're going to dive deeper into f- in-season fab advice next week, but overall, and you'll hear this repeated 
many, many times on this podcast is once we start with our, our weekly cadence, it'll be every Tuesday during the regular season, you really do want to try to hold your fab as long as you can. You have to evaluate your roster honestly and 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 if and decide if you have a material chance of being cut. And if you do, you need to go f- patch that hole and spend fab on players. But otherwise, you want to wait as and hold as much uh, as long as you can. My friend Joe Ostrowski uh, from BetQL asks, "When you when do you realize you've waited too long at quarterback? And does zero running back get you chopped?" So two good questions from Joe. Um, you almost can't wait too long at quarterback. Yes, I would love to have Patrick Mahomes or Kyler Murray or Josh Allen or Lamar Jackson. Um, you know, those are, that, that'd be great. But it's so deep at quarterback, and especially this year, if you can wait until round seven and get Ben Roethlisberger, Trevor Lawrence, Matt Ryan, that's, um, that's going to help you. And you're going to find also that getting quarterbacks throughout the season – off the waiver wire is cheaper than other positions. So I don't think uh, I don't think you have to I don't I think it's hard to wait too long. You could even go mega mega slough on quarterback and just wait it out for Zach Wilson, for example, Sam Darnold, Jimmy Garoppolo. Remember these early starters like Jimmy Garoppolo, presumed week one starter. You know, we're just trying to get through the first few weeks of September. You'll have other chances at other quarterbacks. So you could certainly do that. And then Joe's second part of his question, does zero running back get you chopped? Well, no, because every roster's got weaknesses. Nobody's going to be putting together their eight starters, and they're all eight of them are good. That's not going to happen. You really can go with a, a, a zero running back, do the opposite approach where you really slough that running back position, and you're set everywhere else. And that's a totally viable it's a vi- very viable position early in a guillotine league, and it really can work. Now, in time, you'll have to f- you'll have to patch those holes at running back, but teams are patching holes everywhere. Other teams will be patching wide receiver and quarterback and tight end, um, and it's going to be a little more expensive to two patch running backs, but that might be okay, and you might be able to last a long time and save a lot of fab. So I think you can pull it off. Final question is from uh, Corey Holst. Corey asks, after filling your starters, what's the best route to go for filling your bench? Do you continue to take safe picks or high upside guys that you may not use for a few weeks and may need an injury to be playable? So it's rounds 12, 13, 14 in your guillotine league draft. The players that are left are not great. You're not starting them anyway. They are not generally viable players. So I say... Take the high upside guys who might need injury because you're going to be dropping these guys anyway. A perfect example of that would be Chuba Hubbard for the Panthers, who is the presumed backup to Christian McCaffrey. Go ahead and take him over, let's say, a like a Boston Scott, who is a guy you probably don't want to start anyway and won't provide very much if you do have to start him. I'd rather have the upside at the end of my draft that a guy like Chuba Hubbard could give me if anything goes wrong with Christian McCaffrey. And now you've got, you know, you've got a goldmine lottery ticket situation. And it doesn't really cost you a meaningful spot because you're not starting, in all probability, you're not starting the guys you're selecting in, that, in those late rounds as well. And one of my favorite really off-the-radar guys, by the way, and this is the best reason to get to the end of this podcast, 
If you want the handcuff to Antonio Gibson, it's Jarrett Patterson, who nobody even really knows outside of, I think, Washington. And I like that kid. I think he's looked pretty good. Um, and he might be a great – I've used him as my last pick in my guillotine league draft a few times. He's always out there. Um, not many people are drafting him at all. He's off radar, and for and he fits this criteria. And if something happened to Gibson, I think he would be the lead running back. I don't think it would be Peyton Barber and because Peyton Barber's not good. And I don't think it would be J.D. McKissick. I think he would stay in exactly the role he's in. So there's there's a little deep, deep sleeper for you. Byron Pringle another uh, deep sleeper that you can get very late in your guillotine league drafts. So I, um, I like the upside on quite a bit. All right. Thanks for listening. I appreciate you getting to the end of the podcast. Uh, continue, uh, continued good luck with your guillotine leagues. It's been on a personal note, really heartwarming to see the reactions people are giving me to their, their guillotine league drafts. They're having so much fun enjoying all the nuances and how different the guillotine leagues feel from regular drafts and all the new ways you get to think about your draft that you don't normally think about. Yeah. It, your feedback means a lot. And I, I really encourage you to please keep your interactions with me coming on, on how your guillotine leagues are going and your experience is going. Um, it, it really does. Uh, it really does put a, put a little bounce in my step. All right, when uh, I believe beginning next week, we'll be back into a weekly CHOP podcast. At least I hope that's the case, and we'll look forward to talking to you more then. Bye-bye.